here, coming at you live from the Riverside FM Studios. This is Better Than Broadway. I'm Coach Rob. This is Justin Nets. Oh, Justin froze. froze. Justin, oh, great start. Awesome. Great start. But great who, who's start, this other Justin. guy? So this other guy is uh, Justin's brother, Garrett. Say hello, Garrett. Justin White, as they uh, used to call me. Justin, Justin White. <laughs> never yeah. said that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so everybody is, else, is, I just froze. Garrett, Did you guys Garrett, freeze? We so saw you basically froze. basically, Garrett froze, yeah. Justin, okay. if Garrett ate Garrett, you'd get Justin. Well, now, hold on. Let's give Garrett some credit because he's lost a buttload of weight. He used to be very, very overweight. Yes, he had. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. He, kudos, kudos, kudos. Garrett, what did Garrett you get up flower. to at your heaviest? My heaviest? Mm-hmm. Uh, Were you in the threes? 275, yeah. Now he's tall, like what are you? You're my height, right? Are you six one? Six two. Six two? Of course. Fucking taller than me. Very cool. I'm the youngest. (laughs) I'm the smallest of all the Mets boys. That's what's sad. It's like I'm everybody else is like, you know, six five, eight foot tall, everything else. (sighs) So So we uh, we got we we got a line we 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 got an intro with. Oh you do. All right. What are we gonna intro with? You got one? We got a can can we coexist? Yo, yeah, yeah, so all three. No, or is it, can yeah. they coexist? You get it wrong I don't every know. We're time, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's funny. Don't fuck it up. Don't Ironically, screw this up. All right, you ready? One of three. you screw this up. Wait, wait, wait. Four, three, wait, am I involved in this? two, yeah. one. Can they, can they coexist? coexist. That was horrible. This is... No, it's, it's they. Every week, like guys. Third, you know, every week. It's every, every week. Every fucking hey. week. All right. It answers our question on three, right off the damn bat. Two. One. Can we co- can can they coexist? You're supposed to go five, and then when you get to three, you don't count, right? That's how it works on radio. Okay, we'll, we'll do that. All right. Okay, we're going to go five. Oh, God, here we go. Can and coexist. 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 Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I think we need. I think we need to let this go for this week because we're all on different Wi-Fi schedules. So like everybody's going to be just a little off. Yeah, the chances so, of this going swimmingly is not great. The chances right? of this going well is not, it, it, this thing could never freaking work. So here we go. So let's go ahead and start, guys. This is the Better Than Broadway podcast. I'm Coach Rob. That's Ryan. That's Justin. And today we're bringing in a very special guest. We have our buddy Garrett Metz, brother of Justin, in the house. G, what's happening? How are you doing, buddy? Oh, you know, just uh, not getting the glory of being able to be noon like it is where you guys. So I had to get up pretty early for this. At the where uh, are you? There, Memphis. He's a whole hour behind. Garrett, Garrett hour. likes to get up at the crack of noon, <clears throat> much like myself. <laughs> is uh is waking up early start, uh, hard over there in Memphis? No, actually, I get up uh, at like most days at like seven thirty. So this was actually nice to sleep in. Um, but nice. then I realized it was uh, ten thirty my time, and I hadn't set anything up. I didn't get my plants <laughs> set up in the right position and stuff like that. So I had to it's come nice. In here I like and, it. And do all that. Are those real? It's a good Garrett, because I haven't been to your new place yet. Well, I'm in my thirties, so yes, they're real. Uh, I mean, there's <laughs> plenty. I don't have. A, I don't have a green thumb. 
I wouldn't really? even know how to keep them. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, I've, I mean, I've got a couple flowers out front or whatever, but, like, it's hard hard for me to do that. I've never had a free flower. Are those your flowers or, like, those your neighbors that you're, like, hoping, like, are drooping over into your lawn? Look, That's I live in a lie. townhouse, so technically they're mine, Ryan. Jesus, why are you so hard on me? Hey, you could be down with the HOA landscaping. So. Alive. <laughs> shout out shout out to the HOA for keeping all of Justin's plants alive outside. Well <laughs> yeah, that so, is our job. They're on the edge, you know? <laughs> hey, look, wait. So before we hop into the news today, uh, Garrett, you are our special guest, and we're going to do a little bit of interview with you later. The boys have some questions, obviously. But um, as as we do with everybody on the show, we like to ask you three questions. Uh, what got you into wrestling? Who is your favorite wrestler? And what is your favorite markout moment ever? Inquiring minds want to know. That's rough. Um, I mean, I guess uh, there's multiple things I could yeah, that's true. Uh, I guess there's multiple things I could say that got me into it. I mean, I remember watching it when I was fairly young, when Justin first watched. Um, and then, uh, you know, fell out of it uh, around 2005, I want to say. like a fucking trend with this whole group. But, like, everyone, like, cheesed out for a I mean, it was years a ter- early yeah, I mean, it was it, and then we all came back. Terrible time. Was it 05, though? Because I felt you definitely hung on way longer than I did. Because I remember not watching it anymore and buying you the VHS tapes. Well, I, I fell out of it in like '05, but then I like I have I tried to get like right back into it in '07, and uh, oddly enough, when I tried to get right back into it in '07, was like three weeks before the Chris Benoit stuff. Ooh, uh, and then that was kind of awkward. And, uh, yeah, so I just kind of just bounced after that for multiple reasons, uh, but then. Uh, 20 years. Well, especially because Benoit was one of your favorite wrestlers. Yeah, uh, he was definitely up there. And then, uh, yeah, again, I tried to get into it, and then, you know, he, there was a murder-suicide situation. So uh, that was a little awkward. But I got back into it uh, 2013, I want to say. I was playing in a band with my buddy Josh McClain, um, and him and uh, some of his friends had, like, never really watched it before except, like, you know, just casual fans back in the 90s, and then they tried to get back into it, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I watched this for a good bit and um, jumped in, uh, got super obsessed with it again. I, I, I've kind of fallen back out, but I've, I've, within the last six months, been able to get back into it. Just uh, pandemic ruined a lot with me with wrestling because every year me and my buddies, about 10 or 12 of us, would travel to wherever WrestleMania was, and we'd go uh, – we go spend a week down there, go to all the indie shows around WrestleMania, and then go to actually WrestleMania. Um, obviously, 2020, we couldn't do that. So I just kind of lost interest and fell in love with other things. But uh, it's gotten a lot better. AEW definitely helped me uh, find uh, the desire to watch it again. I think actually AEW did a really good job during the pandemic of <clears throat> like, look, we're not just, I mean, they're not just doing shows with nobody there. Like, I understand WWE did the uh, the rap Jumbo Strong thing but with, like, everybody kind of chiming in, which was cool, but it still it still felt empty. But AEW's like, all right, well, hang on. We got, we got wrestlers. Let's put them in the audience. And it gave it a bit more of a... It just... A feel to it. Yeah, and they had the benefit of having TIA, uh, the amphitheater. Um, yep. Oh, my God. Tony Khan, just- right? Yeah, uh, fortunate Bush. for his football team, but very fortunate for him to have that uh, that amphitheater outside of the stadium to be able mm-hmm. to, to host people hey, out now, there. And, 
not to cut you guys off real quick. I'm just I'm just trying to work the logistics here. Everybody watching, obviously, this is the first time doing a live uh, broadcast, whatever. So um, <clears throat> we are not actually able to get anybody on because um, Ryan, can you look and see when you when you pull up the link? It says join us audience. It's saying the studio is only accessible to host, guests, and producers. I don't know if there's something on your end since you're the home um, where you can where you can change that. Um, I am just to let you guys know. Try it now. Okay. And join us, audience. Let's see. Whoa. All right, cool. All right, cool. So now we can actually send it out. We're going to send this out to people. Um, so keep going. I'm going to I'm gonna put it on there. I'm sorry, guys. Garrett, please continue, friend. Well, my brother's been interrupting me my entire life, so it's nothing new. <laughs> um, but no, so that, that got me back into it. Favorite wrestler? That's always been kind of a tough thing for me because, I mean, you know, Daniel Bryan, I would say, when I got back into wrestling was easily my favorite. But then, you know, um, if I had to put it on one wrestler, I would probably say Shibata. Um, Katsuyori Shibata from New Japan? Yeah, I mean, it was... That. I mean, I, I I shed an actual so I've shed tears in wrestling multiple times, but the 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 most sincere and me actually being upset was when Shibata first announced that he was having to step away, and obviously when Daniel Bryan came out and you know said his goodbyes for you know however many years he was absent or whatever. But the Shibata, I mean, just his style. Um, I mean, the iconic headbutts with the blood dripping down, uh, just. Yeah. E- e- easily one of the most entertaining wrestlers to watch ever, um, but but yeah, I, it'd be it'd be right up there between those two. So it sounds like it was a pretty emotional moment for you. Oh okay. yeah, um, I mean the Shibata thing especially. I mean he had his uh, outside of wrestling uh, issues um, that that made him kind of semi blacklisted out there for a little bit with the whole mistress or whatever thing. I don't care about that, um, but. Uh, I don't know. That was just something about just watching him wrestle. He was always so interesting. I love the silence. You know, he's just, he goes out there, handles business, kind of stuff like that. Um, and then just, I mean, he's just at, wait, can I say shit? I mean, I guess I already did. Yeah, but we've already, yeah, he already just crossed that line. slapped the shit out of somebody. Yeah. And it was just awesome to always watch that. Um, Minoru Suzuki right up there too. Um, but yeah, uh, Shibata, I would definitely probably yeah. say took over as number one. That's awesome. When so did you start may, getting... Yeah. We started talking about we started talking about who our favorites were, and we all came into agreement that we loved Chris Jericho just because of how he's reinvented himself, how he's made himself this character throughout the decades. But to sit here and have a fellow New Japan fan or Mark in that situation, which leads us into our next segment, um, I love the fact that you gave Shibata, Minoru Suzuki, Okada, people like that, because a lot of our audience is not familiar with New Japan, so it's uh, it's, it's pretty cool, you know, hearing somebody, you know, say that, you know, somebody like Katsuyori Shibata, you know, uh, Minoru Suzuki, who, who are two legitimate fighters who came from Pancraze, who came from cage fighting in Japan to become pro wrestlers, um, it, it's, it's, it's very special. And, you know, he is a silent, he is a silent killer, and, and it's a shame that he was never, you know, IWGP champion. Um, 
but the things that he's doing with the New Japan Dojo and how he's mentoring kids and, and all these young lions are coming through, I, I think that his his impact is going to be felt the same way of a Jericho, the same way of a Triple H. And some another segue for later, but uh, give us your mark moment after Justin gets his sense. I don't remember what the hell I was going to say, Rob. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I was, so was going to so ask. Garrett, no, I got so. Go ahead. So, Garrett, I thought you were. Um, when did you get more into like New Japan and all that kind of stuff? Because you know, back in the day, obviously, like '05 and then like '07, like you weren't into it at all. And then it was it just when you started getting back into it when when your when your friend put it, you onto it. It, it was. Uh, I mean, you know me. I always got to be the coolest person. So uh, it was when we all got back Fuck into WWE and stuff like that. And uh, I. You know I me, mean? like once I get, if, if I like something, I'm going to research and look into things. I mean, that's how, like, you know, I could tell you every single player on any football team you could ever think of. And yeah, you know, which I just is get another thing that you never did either, by the way. Like, yeah. you were the least sports oriented human in the world right behind me. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But I mean, it, that, I mean, that's just how I always am. I fixate on something I really like. So, you know, I got really into WWE. So I got really into looking at the history of wrestlers. So I, when I got back in, was like around the time uh, when Punk was kind of starting to get on his way out. Um, so I always thought he was really interesting. Um, and funny enough, actually, this was before I got back into it. When he did the pipe bomb, is when uh, we were living down in uh, in Daphne. If you remember, and I, I just randomly turned it on one night, and that was the night that he did the the pipe bomb, and I was like, "Oh shit, I got to start watching this." And then my life was just—I remember that bit. Uh, that, that was good. I thought that was like thirteen or fourteen. Was it eleven? No, Two thousand eleven. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, yeah, I just see, turned I it on randomly. It all no, yeah. I mean, I, I I wasn't either. I just turned it on that night and happened to watch it. Um, but uh, but so I th- thought he was really interesting. Um, started watching old videos of his on YouTube, and then I got really into Ring of Honor. And then through Ring of Honor is how I got really, really into New Japan because that was when they were heavy in their partnership back then. And um, they did uh, – they didn't do a January 4th show together, but they did uh, – they just did like a cross-promotion show essentially. Um, so that's – I was like, oh, this is really cool. This you know, the Japanese wrestling. And I owned – Justin, if you remember back in the day, I was watching like – when I was like 10, watching like FMW and all these like – uh, deathmatch Japanese wrestling stuff I just thought was like so cool that like I should have not been watching at the age of like 10. Um, that was uh, that was me with ECW on like just late night TV oh, on yeah. Saturday nights like people jumping off second story you know rafters and I'm like that, that, that's, a, that's a broken leg that you're seeing as a child Yeah, and you know uh, Sabu like doing crazy <laughs> shit and then Sandman just like pounding his face with the kendo stick like dude you don't have to do that but he did um here we go yeah the trashiness is what did it for me i just i just love the uh the absolute just there's no athletic part of any of it it was just uh just seeing you could hurt each other the most which exactly why i found uh very interesting but i definitely did when i was younger so yeah well i mean that was back when we lived in arkansas and marion and you guys i mean backyard wrestling was like at its biggest, I remember you and uh, your best friend Ryan, right? Was it Ryan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me. You guys used, to, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You guys would just like, I don't know. That's all you talked about. And like I said, I wasn't really into it then, but um, but I, I tried to, uh, I tried to, 
I guess, facilitate it. Like, like I said, I, I was like, oh, it's cool. He's in wrestling. I just, it, I was too cool for it. That was the period of 15 years where I was too cool for it. Um, but yeah. So I was yeah, you, just interested you, because, you, like, you, you go ahead. No, you were, yeah, you were definitely too cool for it. But I mean, you did, you know, uh, uh, uh appreciate the fact that I wanted to, uh, I wanted to get into that and wanted to, uh, Dude, I remember you watching pay-per-views with me, but you in no way cared about any of the pay-per-views, and you were just on the phone with some girl you were talking to. I don't, I don't, I don't really know what you were doing. I was, I was watching. I'd be like, what, did what you see that? And you'd be like, hey, yeah, stuff. Yeah. sure, sure, yeah, I saw that. I was a little bit frustrated at the fact, and Garrett probably knows I'm going to bring this up because every single time we talk about wrestling with new people, I bring this up, so he already knows what I'm going to say. And really, it's the only solace I have anymore from him doing it. So it's the only bit so it because i know that it annoys him and pisses him off garrett during that time taped over every single one of my childhood videos of me like you know like you like film stuff like you know me and my friends were like eight doing like dances and all this other shit he taped over it with wrestling pay-per-views VHS um, tapes so you can't get it back so all of my entire youth is completely gone and you know what? Uh, high five i support that Good for you. <laughs> you know what? You need to take a stand. Well, Who cares about this childhood bullshit? That's funny though. My favorite thing too is like I understand Justin's point of uh, the whole like you know like him playing with his friends stuff like that. Our mother was the most upset that I recorded over our births. Like, who the fuck watches that? Is what that's I want. Sick shit. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Some like, sick who stuff. wants to go back and pop this? That's the thing. Is like you can't even pull your phone up and do it. Like you had to go get the VHS tape out. Everyone had to sit down. You put the VHS. It was a rig. In. Yeah, and then like oh, we, ours, ours was like a yeah, like yeah. it was like a yeah, it's the size of me when I was eight years old. I they didn't have video of me being born though. I don't think. I think it was just you because I was. They had it of you. I, I recorded over both of ours. Oh, okay, yeah. So, anyways, so Garrett did that. So there's that. So, so it's fine. I don't hold any resentment at all. It's it's fine. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> no one even has a VHS player anymore anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> you, you can find them at Goodwill. Yeah, Probably. yeah. Or, or, or you know, Stranger Things has all of them. They've, they've uh, you know acquired all of them for the yeah. their, their show. Hell yeah. Hell yeah! I want to buy. So Garrett, a so Garrett what's your? Uh, we're, I, I know we're going to step on each other's toes here because of the delay in our in our Wi-Fi's and everything else like that. But Garrett, what's your favorite Mark moment ever? So when you say a Mark moment, you mean just more so just favorite moment in wrestling? I would assume. Yeah. yeah like my say, favorite I'm, memory, I'm I guess I should say in wrestling. Yeah. yeah, that involves you, not just like. Uh, think i know honestly it's gonna sound really dumb uh but to be completely honest because i mean it's it's recent i mean i have some like cool like core memories of like getting back into wrestling when i was younger you know like all that kind of stuff like being like a you know like a preteen teenager like there was really cool moments on raw and stuff like that and smackdown that i just like be like oh my god this is crazy i mean i watched you know wrestlemania 17 main event live which was one of the craziest things watch that whole pay-per-view live and that was great but i was at we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. I was at the very first Joey Janela spring break in um, in Dallas. No, it wasn't Dallas. It was uh, New Orleans for WrestleMania weekend. And if you're not familiar with the Joey Janela spring break, it is one of the wildest, um, most interesting, eclectic grouping of 90s wrestlers, current wrestlers, and then, like, deathmatch wrestlers. Um, so the one I was at had a... Um, uh, I think his name is Andy Williams from Every Time I Die, the guitarist. It was his first. He's part of AEW now. Um, yeah, he's a butcher now. 
Butcher now, yeah. I got to see his first like actual wrestling match. Um, it was at Joey Daniel's Spring Break. Um, I got to see... Do you guys remember the uh, the wrestler from uh, uh, the 90s in WCW? Uh, he ripped off Sub-Zero, Glacier. Yes. Yeah. 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 He, he was at this. Uh, I got to see Matt Riddle versus Dan Severn. Um, but nice. The best, the best part about all of this is like those are cool matches and everything. The show didn't start until midnight, so we watched a bunch of like uh, yeah. like GCW shows, some other stuff like before that, and you know obviously there's a lot of uh, booze involved in this. So it's like midnight. We have no idea what's going on. And then we were just me and like twelve of my friends just trashed out of our mind, and uh, we just get to see all these like '90s WCW people and late uh, to early 2000s WWF people. But then like they're wrestling people that I watch now on the Indies and stuff like that. Which well, I, I, so which I got a question. Um, you mentioned so when? What year was this that you uh, you saw this? This would have been 2016. I want to okay. say 2017. So like, 2016? You mentioned Matt Riddle versus Dan Severn. Dan Severn. I watched him in the 90s be doing uh, UFC matches, and he was old then. Yeah. And he has, like, almost (laughs) close to 100 professional fights, which is like, what the fuck? And he's still wrestling? What is he, like, 80 now? He still looks the exact same, except he's got gray hair and a gray beard. Well, not only that, have have you not listened to their podcast? He's he's 64 years old. So he's always looked older than he was, but, I mean, he was old. But have you listened to the Toxic Masculinity podcast with him and – uh, Dan Severn and Don Fry. Oh my God! I can only imagine. Absolute oh, gold. Absolute Is it a battle gold. of the beards. Yeah. Well, mustaches. Anyway, mustaches. But well, um, what's great? But yeah, mustache is, mayhem. Dan Severn's doing stuff like uh, it used to be Matt Riddle's blood sport, but now they've uh, I can't remember what MMA fighter they turned it over to. But Josh Barnett. Josh, Josh Barnett. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I mean, those. I mean, Dan Severn wrestled in the first blood sport. I can't remember exact. I think it. May have been. I got to look that up. But I mean, yeah, for his age to be going out there and still doing stuff like that, and it's not like he's going out there and like Rick Flairing it, you know, just kind of like going at a tag team match and just kind of coming in for his hits and stuff like that. I mean, he was just going in there full force, just slapping the shit out of people and still doing German suplexes. And it's it's pretty wild for someone at his age to be able to you know what, be able to go. Did like you that watch stuff. the Rick Flair match, the last match, Garrett? Because yeah, unfortunately. Did. You I did. did, unfortunately. Yeah. Was it yeah. awkward? Like, like, I let's take a side because I want to hear about that. No, I mean, it, it, it wasn't awkward. I mean, it definitely helped that it was a tag match. I mean, that, I think that was the only way to go about it is because uh, – Give him some I more mean, air time. Give him some breaks. Give him breaks. You know, you get to see some excitement in there, and you get to see him, you know, be able to go up against people that can still go to. And not that – he. I mean, he had his spots, you know, but uh, it was a little rough to watch. I mean, I kind of wish he hadn't done that, but um, – do you it think it'll be his last match, or will no, be another no. last match? I don't think it'll be his last match. It'll be his, his last, last match until he gets divorced again. Yeah, Ooh, his last match won. until... Shade! Yeah, he needs the money again. Shots fired. Oh, my gosh. Um, Boys, but no, I, I, think, you know, I think we touched on this in the first podcast, but I think Ric Flair is uh, you know, Randy the Ram from The Wrestler. Like He wants to die in the ring. Yeah. And... Yeah, and he will. He'll, he'll be he will. last matching it until it is his last match, ever. Uh, yeah, he will. You know, Garrett, it's funny. I thought that you were going to say um, I, my favorite story that you've ever told um, about it was going to be. I, I brag about it all the time to people. Still, when you you had a podcast for a long time that, that you know that did pretty well, that was wrestling, and you got a chance to interview a bunch of people, and I thought you were going to talk about Mick Foley. <sighs> 
Yeah, I should. I I don't know why I wouldn't think. I, so I got to interview Mick Foley after he did a comedy show here in Memphis, and then um, which was super cool. I mean, he's just a, the nicest guy. I mean, it is it is not a work that this man drives around in a minivan and his clothes are in a trash bag. I, I got to see that. That was pretty wild. But the coolest thing was he took me out to dinner after surprised. the podcast and and, and uh, bought me dinner, um, which was awesome. We went to a little local restaurant here called Huey's and uh, had some burgers and. Um, he didn't drink. I had a beer, and we just sat there and talked about wrestling for a while. But it was cool because he didn't even like. He wasn't like against talking about wrestling off the podcast because then like I feel like you know he's done it for so long. You just want to go sit down at a restaurant and just talk about life. But uh, it That's was just it was, one of those really cool, cool things. It's one of those cool things here about like meeting your your icons or your heroes, and you get scared about that. But like you know, because Mick Foley legitimately was. I know this being your brother. He was your favorite wrestler for a long time. Like with the oh, whole yeah. backyard I mean, wrestling thing, yeah, because um, he was a mixture of uh of 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 the 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 prototypical WWE wrestler, but then also the stuff that I liked when I was younger, like the deathmatch Catch stuff Jack, and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was it was really cool to meet him. So yeah, I would say that's up there. I I just again I know that the Joey Janela thing sounds weird, but it just I can't explain like the the amount of adrenaline that was going through just you know being in a small like VFW hall essentially with like you know five six thousand people. Just all like just losing their shit over uh, these really random stupid matches and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean Mick Foley, in the aspect of like not an actual wrestling match or moment like that, that was that was amazing to meet him, and he was just so nice. And again, he didn't have to take me to dinner, but it was it was really cool to do that. Sounds really fun. Love, love that. Well, boys, shall we start? Uh, shall we start talking about the the weekend review? Should we knock it out? Good. <clears throat> are we, are we going to do the? Are we doing the uh, the news? Uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna. I think we're gonna start with. I think we're gonna start with Monday. Um, Can we do the we'll pulse? Get, we'll like, Hang on. Justin Rob Hall brings you the news. Everything from A to Z for wrestling. Wait. In the Here we go. I'll, I'll do this. <laughs> All right. So. Take it away. <laughs> So, the week in review, uh, let's go ahead and get over some notes here. Uh, we'll start with Monday. Uh, the biggest story uh, of the week, uh, really really the biggest story of the week, uh, the last couple of weeks, has been uh, Triple H taking over WWE as the uh, head of creative. And on top of that, uh, naming Shawn Michaels as the VP of creative. That is big. So, how do we feel, uh, how do we feel about DX running the Federation? The, the Federation. It, 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 it was a 25-year storyline and finally coming to the to its fruition. Long-term storytelling. Right? You're like, oh, yeah, we totally had that planned. It finally worked out. Have we seen, <laughs> have, has everybody here seen the video of Wrestling Doesn't Wrestling? Garrett, I know you yes. have because you're the one that showed it to me, I think. Yeah, that, and they were talking yes. about the storyline of Triple H and how he's one of the longest storylines that you know in in wrestling and probably one of the best and this really truly cemented that aspect of him just not being quite good enough so he had to put himself in the mix to control the comp to control the belt because he couldn't quite be the top guy and like this is this is it now this is literally the the last chapter in his story you know and i like you know everyone was wondering like what's going to change they're going back to tv 14 all this stuff but, you know, from what I've been watching, it's been nice of, like, just, like, a like a one to two clicks on the notch of, you know, intensity, violence, you know, uh, content. It doesn't seem, you know, it's not like, you know, night and day, but it's just a couple clicks up, which has been nice. 
Um, it's been good for me. But uh, an article I read this this past week uh, this past week on Reddit was uh, Dave Meltzer like trashing him, like nothing's going to change. There's no long term storytelling, dude. It's been two weeks. Two weeks. You can't do long term storytelling in two weeks. Right. Two weeks. I think the carrying cross stuff by just the carrying cross stuff by itself, they're bringing in stuff from the past. Yeah. And I think you're going to see more of that, and I'm I'm here for it. It's cool. Um, however, I, love, I will say. I love- Meltzer did have one very good point, and it is what happens when Monday Night Football comes back. It's the exact same time slot as Raw. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's it's always been their downfall, and it's always that time of year that they just kind of uh, – here's here's where I think there can be a difference. That's the time of year where they just kind of gave up, if you notice. Like, they didn't they didn't try to do any interesting storyline. They didn't really try to make anything uh, long-term. Uh, it's just when football season's in, that's just when they kind of – they, I mean, they know. I mean, like it's you know, basically the, the, picture in picture. You were doing picture in picture. Yeah, yeah. If, if you did, <laughs> with you know, your new, if you look at the numbers guard, that you know, art of creative, you'd never know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just you look at numbers for you know viewership for a Monday Night Football game that could be the two worst football teams in the entire world versus a night where they're promoting a, a title shot on Raw. Unfortunately, it's still going to lean that way towards towards the football because I mean, it is just a it's the sport. Um, but it'll be, in the seats. it'll be interesting to see if if if, if this Shabani. regime doesn't try to uh, doesn't doesn't try to just give up, and I, I think that that'll be the that'll be the big difference, and we'll see if they're actually going to try something different. I hope so. I hope so because I mean you have nothing you have nothing to lose by going. Yeah, that, that is a really good point, Garrett. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, it's, it really is like when football starts and the sports start, it's almost like they're going to commercial and they're just kind of just going through the motions, you know, like when you see, like, like I was saying, picture in picture, like when they go through these commercials, you see the picture in picture, nothing really happens during that time. Nothing important. They're yeah. just kind of going through the motions just to keep it up. And then like, Oh, look at me, look at, look, look at me again, which I feel like that's a cop out. I feel like it should be the opposite, right? Like you should be fighting and putting all your best stuff forward to try and keep those numbers up there. But I, I mean, I don't know. Wasn't there uh, wasn't there a couple years ago? I think it was May eight, maybe AEW or WWE where a pinfall happened during commercial break during a picture in picture. Yes, and they're like, "Sorry, yes. <laughs> it was it was during See, it was during a women's." Sh- match. I like that. Penelope Ford and somebody. I think it was during a women's. Say match. it again. I think it was during a women's match. I think it was Penelope Ford and somebody. I don't. I don't. You know, I don't remember. But um, yeah, I think you know, you're right. I'm. Uh, Rob froze again. Froze? Oh. Did I freeze? Yeah. Yeah. I think you oh, did. Oh, okay. You're not gone. You're, You're good. You guys hear me now? Yes. All right. So, uh, so, go, so going back and keeping keeping in Monday Night Raw, um, loving the fact that Kevin Owens is the prize fighter again, loving the fact that Drew McIntyre was on TV, love the fact that they're talking about wrestling and we're wrestlers and we're going to wrestle. It's just like he had to say it a hundred times because he's so excited to get to use, you know, vernacular that Vince, Mc, Vince McMahon said, you can't say wrestling and God damn it, it's entertainment. But it's just like, it's, it's like, like we get to say wrestling again because it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's exciting because now, you know, I feel like I feel like these guys are going to be able to say what they want to say in the ring. They're going to do what they want to do, and uh, that that'll lead us into Moxley and Punk in, in in a few minutes. But 
Um, anything else from Monday Night Raw that you guys really enjoyed? Uh, the Elias Ezekiel storyline. Anything? Anything? The Elias, <laughs> the Ezekiel, the Elron. That whole fucking gimmick <laughs> is comic gold. Um, the only thing that could make it better, like if, if if Elias had like a chest tattoo right here, and then all the characters had it, and he's like, no, 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 it's a, it's a family crest tattoo. You know, we all we all got it. <laughs> Like, if Elias had uh, his name tattooed on his back. Right. <laughs> and then when he comes out, there's a Sharpie marker that's, like, right. marking it out, oh, like, so you no. can't see the shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that is gold. I mean, like, that's building to the level of, like, when uh, Vince McMahon was in the hospital and Steve Austin was, like, his doctor and then yes. was, like, shocking him in the head with a bedpan. Oh, I was dying <laughs> laughing. I think, uh, I, some of the best. I think the thing is, is that it just shows that like Elias is is really really good at what he does because he's honestly none of those gimmicks that he's done have been good gimmicks and he's just squeezed the most out of them in my opinion. He's like, the OG Elias gimmick is so good, but that's what I'm saying. I don't. It wasn't a good. I don't think any, it would have been good if it had been anybody else but him. I think he made it work. But I feel like if you just take the gimmick and you put it on paper and you're like, this is fucking stupid. Who's gonna that's gonna put butts in seats, right? Like but he killed it. And then the fact that he can actually play guitar, like, I don't know. I just I I think he's super, super freaking talented and doesn't get an he's one of the many people in WWE that like just you know, they could go all the way. It's almost like their their roster has so much talent and I'm excited now that Triple H is at the helm that maybe everybody's going to get a chance to see if they can shine, you know, at least a little, you know, 15 minutes of fame or so to speak. I'm wondering, I was going to ask you guys this. So obviously they're able to say wrestling again, talk about wrestling again. Do you think the other terminology goes away? Like the, he's gone to a local facility. A lot of it has. Um, A lot of it has. Yeah. um, So they can say hospital now. It's not a local medical facility anymore. Michael I didn't Cole catch. Okay, said, I didn't catch that. Yeah, Michael Cole said that. Um, they're still saying universe. I don't think that's going to happen, but they can say fans now. In addition to that, so you're going to see more. I think it's just going to be less vanilla to where you just have one word to describe one thing, and like, oh, there's more than one word, like a, a guy and a boy and a person and a human. It can all be the same thing, you know, like. Whereas it used to be like, nope, it, it's a guy. It's got to be a guy. You can't say a boy. You can't say a man. You can't say a person. It's got to be this, you know. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more of that. They can use belt. They can use strap um, now. What were, they, um, what were they using before? Championship. 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 And you can't say belt or strap? No, you couldn't say that. You, know, you couldn't say even title. They couldn't say title, I don't think, either. They said that's, title. That's, 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 that sounds ridiculous, but I'm sure there's a very good reason why they chose these words I don't know is there a good reason I think well, here's Some my here's my, Some my, my biggest conspiracy theory is that uh, Vince McMahon was autistic and that he like fixate on those like certain words and like loved them so much and no one could understand like Rayman Rayman like yeah yeah I see I see championship I see yeah yeah belt suck I mean, it's, I mean belt yeah, suck I could <laughs> wow so uh, moving in, uh, we've covered Monday Night Raw. I feel like we're good there. Um, nothing, nothing really special going on there, other than just those few little things. Um, moving into NXT on Tuesday, we had NXT Heat Wave. Um, two really important matches uh, on that card were um, you had uh, Mandy Rose and Zoe Stark for the Women's Championship, and then you had uh, Braun Breaker, the son of Rick Steiner, 
versus uh, J.D. McDonough, the former Jordan Devlin, former Cruiserweight champion, former Heritage Cup champion of NXT UK. More about UK later. Um, thoughts on those two matches, guys? What do we What do we got? What do we, how do we feel about uh, Mandy and Zoe? Appropriate. I, I did not get a chance to watch those matches. Um, I did. It, since we're talking about NXT, a good transition from NXT from WWE would be the thought of Johnny Gargano coming back because a lot of people are talking about that, okay. especially now with Ciampa being in the mix and going back to their ridiculous barn burners in NXT. Um, we don't necessarily have to talk about it, but I want to say it for anybody that doesn't know. He is open, as openly said on Twitter, or no, it was Bust Open Radio, I think he did an interview, and he said, I'm totally open yeah. to go back to WWE. Why Why did he leave? He got let go. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one one of the many uh, budget cuts. Did he get his contract expire? Um, oh gosh, I don't know. He's been gone for a minute, hasn't he, Garrett? I think you'd know. I had the way it was explained to me, and I could be completely wrong because you know whatever. But uh, he and he and Candice were expecting their first child, and I think they wanted to kind of get off the road a little bit so they could kind of enjoy. You know what was going on, and, and, and he could be a dad, and he could kind of you know explore the indies a little bit. Which, you know, no one has seen Johnny Gargano since since what? Uh, uh, help me out. Was it was it uh, September of last year? Has it been a year? Yeah, I haven't seen him in a minute. I'm, I'm looking it up he, now. He yeah. showed at, he showed up at a couple, I think, random indies. I think. Yeah, and I know he did some interviews for like Impact Wrestling and things like that, where he was talking about you know the Motor City Machine Guns, talking about Shelly, talking about Kushida. Um, so, you know, I think, I think it was more, his contract was ending and he just needed a little time to be a dad yeah, and, 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 and who could, and who could blame him? You know, I mean, you know, for those of us that have, you know, children, you know, me, um, it's, 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 it's the best Justin, you know, Justin's got kids, you know I mean? It's, it's, it's the best. It's, it's so rewarding. And, you know, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't think of anything better myself, but, uh, yeah, Johnny Gargano. Uh, coming back to WWE, I mean, there, 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 there's there's limitless potential here with Ciampa, with the Miz, with a lot of these, you know, you know, not huge guys, but some of these, you know, smaller mid carder guys that, that that you can really you can really build on. You know, they've got a great tag team, uh, Intercontinental Championship, United States Champion. I mean, hell, Johnny Gargano with with the way he talks on the microphone, he could be cha- he could be WWE Champion. But you know, I think I think you know just just bringing back good talents. Is is has been Triple H's modus operandi lately, and and it, it's great to see that we've got a lot of these fan favorites back. Um, and one more thing before I open it back up to you guys, did anybody see they were brawling in the back? Um, it was Theory and Ziggler. They were brawling in the back, and then on the back wall there was like a hand in a glove. Did anybody see that? I did not. It was like a, there was like a, 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 like a, like a driving glove, a severed like, hand? A, like a, like like a good. Bray Wyatt glove, like the Bray Wyatt hate heel gloves. It yeah. was just one on the wall. It was reaching out, and and I'm waiting for all of these backstage vignettes where people are walking, and then there's like a, a car accident, little Easter like eggs, somebody Easter eggs, all these little Easter eggs, like they're putting out fires in the backstage area. They're talking to the cops, all this stuff. I want to know where these are going to go because maybe it's Dexter Loomis, maybe it's Bray Wyatt, maybe it's something else. But but uh, we're getting off topic. You guys go back to NXT and anything else you want to talk well, about. No, I was just going to say the last um, is December fifth of two thousand twenty-one was Gargano, and he did make um, a taped cameo on Impact Wrestling, but um, <laughs> since okay, then he hasn't he hasn't been seen. So thank you for that information. Um, but awesome. here's the thing: you're talking about long-term storytelling. 
And like we talk about like the tag team division, how Vince just doesn't like tag teams. Like, dude, it always see seems so so baloney. Gargano and freaking Champa come back. They have a couple amazing, you know, maybe WrestleMania moments, something like that. They come back together and DIY beats the freaking Usos. I'm like, I don't know what better tag team and what more of an exclamation point you could put on Hunter coming back as two of his dudes. Like, because Champa is his guy. You know, them coming back yeah. and, and hitting that up. And then that can elevate them to the point to where they can break up and then Chomp or Gargano can go on to the singles, you know, division. Now, Justin, Justin, can we come back to that that very topic about the tag team division? Can we come back to that uh, in a little bit? Absolutely. We can do whatever we want. I've got podcast. something I want to say about that. I want to get through the rest of the week. I want to get to SmackDown before we get there. Okay. Um, so um, are we good with NXT? Do we move to Wednesday? Well, other than just saying um, NXT UK is no more, that's gone. Like they've released yeah. all yeah. the talent. That's that's they didn't release all. They released Thursday. a good majority of them. They didn't release all of them. They're keeping some for yeah. NXT and then the hold on to them for NXT Europe. Well, yeah, okay. So that's Thursday, that's what I was going to say. UK is no more. They've taken them off of that, but they are going to have NXT Europe, and that's the the difference, I guess. And when we get and when we get to Thursday, and when we get to Thursday, I'm gonna I'm gonna I want to touch on that. But uh, we're up to Wednesday now, and as we know, it's Wednesday night, and you know what that means? It's AEW Dynamite. <laughs> and honest, honest to God, top to bottom, this is the best show of the week. You can't you yeah. can't say anything else about it. AEW Dynamite is just that. It is freaking dynamite. It's lightning in a bottle every week. They open um, with a fucking banger. Yeah, you started strong with two sick segments. You had Punk and Moxley yep. doing their doing their uh, their promo in the ring, and then you got Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia in a two out of three falls match, which was a absolute banger. But let's get let's, let's talk about Punk and Mox real quick because there's some real life implications to why this story is important and why they moved this match from All Out in September to next Wednesday on Dynamite. Well, Boys, before the before that, I think you should also mention the hangman thing, which came before the punk thing. Yeah, that's that, a, back, that's creating a lot of backstage. That all, that all, that all adds into this thing. That all yeah. goes into this into this little ball right now. Because, because I mean, a lot of people. I mean, the, the the narrative being pushed is that you know it's uh, you know there's actual heat and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I, and I said this with the Cody thing too. I was like, oh, it's all work. He's not actually going to leave. Blah blah all that. And then I was made to look like an idiot on WrestleMania. And MJF. Yeah, I mean, there's all the this MJF like still, stuff going on. The MJF stuff, I'm still pretty sure that he's just being held for something really big. But I hope, yeah. I hope MJF is a gem. I think, I think that I think the Hangman stuff is is also a war. I mean, I, I just I think that they're trying to actively make Punk just be. I fucking hate that guy because I mean, there's the thing they can turn him heel, but he's still going to get cheered when he comes out. You know, they they should have turned him heel after he beat Hangman, and that would have been the perfect segment of like, you know, literally afterwards he did it, and then he's like, "I told you I was going to do it. I fucking did it now. This is my company. Screw everybody." They trying, well, they were trying to. Right. Like, you remember? You remember they tried to. And Hangman was calling out for it. Yeah, in that promo right before the match, CM Punk was starting to get a little tweeny, a little heely, and but but I mean. I think the reason they didn't they didn't just pull the trigger on that on that turn right away is because you know you've got MJF coming back and the question is are you gonna and, and we'll get back to it are you gonna are you gonna make heel punk after he 
you know, beats Danielson on Wednesday, and then at the end of this match, bring back MJF, and the crowd goes nuts. And then, are you going to have a babyface MJF? Because I, I like, got like, news what for you. you? I mean, there is no way MJF doesn't come back as a babyface. There's no way he's going to be Miz just, in 2000. Yeah. What is it? 2016 or whatever, 17. Whenever he turned face for that period of time after that interview with Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, I'm sorry. Remember that they had that, that talking smack and he just shot on him like on you know on live after after SmackDown, and then he was I mean he was like lightning at that point. Like he was more over than anybody had been in the WWE organically, and I, I can't remember how long. So I I think um, yeah I mean I think that he. Uh... I think there's a delay. Go ahead, Justin. Well, no, I think yeah. there, is there a delay? Yeah, there's a bad delay. It's, it's creating all this awkwardness. You're, you're getting caught up, Justin. Am I? We I all mean, can we still hear you. Your, your video just Yeah, out. yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Comcast, um, for shitty internet. Yeah, and I pay for, like, the highest. I got the fiber. Too. Yeah, I got the fiber. Same. Yeah, you, you think it'd be okay. Maybe I should do it downstairs where the router's at or have an extender or something like that. But, yeah, I think that, that MJF's definitely going to be a face um, when he comes back. Now, I mean, he's so good he can turn the crowd on a, a, in a moment's notice, but I think it's going to be like a reverse John Cena to where every time he comes out, he's going to get cheered and he's going to have to make the crowd boo him, you know. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think it's more of, you know, the old school Steve Austin where it's like he gives zero fucks about anybody, and that's what people love. And, you know, he's just the, the, the favorite anti-hero. So yeah, he'll come back as a babyface, but as a heel, but like just because he doesn't care. And when you if you have yeah. you know things elements like that, then you know there's nothing you can do that's wrong, except for when you know Steve Austin sold out and when uh, hang out with Vince McMahon. But so, that was the issue though, is that they tried to make him a heel, but he he was so loved that it just it didn't work. Like yeah, you know, he was still getting cheered despite anything that he tried to do, which, again, going back to the punk thing, that's what I think they're doing, and I think it's really smart because I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to use the Internet users, like, on Reddit and stuff like that, be like, oh, punk's just being an asshole. Like, you know, he's always – and, like, you know, you got, the like, the smarts. They're like, well, he's always been that way. He's always been, a you know, a locker room cancer, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, you've, you've got people being like, oh, he really is, like, in real life, he hates Adam, um, Adam Page. He hates John Moxley. He's just there for money kind of thing. And then you get people talking on the Internet – it gets on Twitter, it gets everywhere, and then when he starts coming out, people think it's going to be cool to boo him because they're like, "Oh, well, he's an asshole in real life, and he's ruining that locker room back there, and he's just he's bringing all the his negativity from WWE over." And then that's what creates him to be an actual heel, as opposed to, "Oh, I'm playing the bad guy, but they're still losing their shit every single time." Cult of personality plays. That right there is exactly it, and here's why: we live in a post-curtain call world, right? That and. And with the advent of social media, like this whole work shoot thing, like most wrestling fans nowadays are more smarts than marks. And I think that the only way that you can get somebody to get legitimate heat is to go through channels like this and make the news reports fit whatever narrative that you're that you're trying to push. Because just watching it and seeing what you're seeing, like people that actually enjoy wrestling, they don't just digest it. They're digesting it on YouTube. They're digesting it on podcasts. They're looking at these reports. And like, and I think that's the only way that you can really get it. So I think it's genius, too. I think it's, it's absolutely what's happening now. Obviously, 
blurring the line between reality and, and, and fiction or whatever, I mean, maybe there is heat in the back, you know? They've definitely done that in the past. I mean, you know, look, you had the, the McMahon, the Stephanie and the Triple H stuff, and that, you know, bled into the actually getting married. But, so, I mean, things like that could happen, but I do think that Khan is maybe taking a, a, a pinch of reality and doing his best to capitalize and, you know, on that. Well, and I think, you know, so much of that is like, you know, uh, Punk this past week. Well, first of all, Punk's a fucking bum. Like an actual bum. You put him in, in, uh, in a sweatshirt and a hoodie. And, yeah, dude, this guy's asking you for money. You know, get this, get this bum off the, off the, out of the mat. But um, that being said, you're a fucking asshole if you're calling, like, Hangman and Eddie Kingston uh, out and trashing them when they, they're not even there. Like... Yeah, that was Come on, so, dude. that first thing that he did was definitely a um, that was definitely a, a real thing that you know they got pretty pissed off and I don't according to everything that I've read nobody knew that that was going to happen and that's kind of what oh, created yeah. the drama. But that's that's I mean, that's I think, what I'm I think, getting I think at. You have too. to appreciate. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rob. Go, Garrett. Rob, here was I, was, I just said I think it's interesting. You know, whenever you have whenever you have art imitating life and vice versa, uh, we, we, we're, we're getting we're getting yeah, Rob. So we're we're getting killed on the uh, we're getting killed on the on the on the lag here. I'm so sorry, guys. But uh, Garrett, go ahead. You're, you're good, brother. You're our guest, please. <laughs> oh, so no, that's what I was kind of getting at earlier, though. With this, the whole like uh, you know, like oh, that was an asshole move. They didn't know it was going to happen, or like they weren't even there. Um, I think that's part of it. I think that's part of the the trying to make people really hate them by sending that rumor out. You you know, you have a source text Melter and be like, well, we had no idea that was going to happen. You know, he went in for business on his own. He even did the whole pipe bomb thing where he checked to see if the mic was still on when he called Hangman out just to see if they, like, cut him off or whatever because he did something off script. But I, I really think – and I and I'm not shitting on it. I think it's a great idea, and I think it's going to – end up well but i just i i can't really just really buy into the fact that he's doing this off script and you know he's, he's being an asshole um but also real quick i did like uh ftr sent out a picture uh one of them did of uh tagging cm punk and it's a picture of a uh, hangman adam page back in cater and eating saying he was busy <laughs> <laughs> that's funny man that's funny and then well yeah, then no. mox and then mox said half the time you're not even the best wrestler in catering which is great. Right, yeah. Came out there and said, "Like, oh, right. man, yeah, that that promo was so so good. That was one of my favorite Moxley promos I've seen in like a long time. I mean, this, just yeah. the him saying, you know, what are you going to do? Drop the mic, and I mean, it looked like a real fight. It didn't look like wrestling where you get in each other's face, you know, and you're like staring at each other, stuff like that. I mean, he was doing it like a dude would walk up to a guy on the street, just kind of chest bump him, put his head against his head, push his head back. But the thing that sold it the most was the kiss. Oh yeah." <laughs> he was not prepared for that. No, that was not a work. That was not a work. I don't care what you say. That yeah, was so that good. was like uh, that was not. They did not talk about that ahead of time. But here's the thing: <laughs> is like you, you you look at these guys, and I, in my mind right now, you got four guys in AEW that are four of the best at specifically making it feel like it's real. You got Moxley, you got Punk, you got Eddie Kingston, you got MJF. They're the four that when they go out there, you're like, wait a second, is this, this is like, this is real life. This isn't a script. This isn't a storyline. This isn't like, they're feeling this. Like when they talk, there's something organic about the way that they emote. Well, there may be more. I was, yeah, go ahead. What five? What was the fifth one? 
I'm gonna add I'm gonna add a fifth guy to that and make my segue into the next piece. Brian Danielson. Yeah. If you want to talk real, God Almighty, there was nothing more real for me as far as how things are going. Was was the second segment of the night. You got Danielson and Garcia in that two out of three falls match. And there's so much to unpack here. And I'd like to get you guys' opinion on this. But first of all, you got a two out of three falls match. Who's your guest ring? Who's your guest ring announcer, guest timekeeper? You got Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who in 1989 at Clash of Champions seven had the best two out of three falls match ever with who? The Nature Boy Ric Flair. Ever. Uh, Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer called. I think that was Dave Meltzer's first five star match he ever gave five stars to. Um, so you sit here and you think about you got Steamboat. I mean Tony Khan, to his credit. He, he, he's a nerd, but God alive, we love him because he knows what he's doing, and I hope we can get him on this show and pick his brain about some stuff. But Tony Khan knows great knows great storytelling. Brian Danielson knows great storytelling. You've got the Blackpool Combat, Combat Club, Jericho Appreciation Society, you know, intertwined. They've been intertwined for months. Uh, when Danielson cut that promo when he was still a heel, talking about Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia and all these guys he would want in Blackpool Combat Club, now he's got his match with him. It's a rubber match between these guys. They settled it. It was brilliant. Dark Garcia takes the first fall. Danielson takes the second. And then Danielson wins the match, the third fall, with the LaBelle lock, which, you know, a tribute to, you know, Gene LaBelle, his mentor, his coach. Um, I mean, you've got, you've got all these elements of storytelling that are going on in this match. There's there's just a lot of passion and there's a lot of effort that is being put into what these guys are doing because they don't have the Vince filter anymore telling them what they can and cannot put out as far as content. And because they're able to do this, it's beyond compelling. And, and, and even if you don't like wrestling, if, if you get these little tidbits about why this was significant, you'd love it. You eat it up. It, 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 it's a movie, and, it, and and that's the beauty of, of of wrestling. That's the thing that we all love about it is that you can. It's it's Marvel. It's Marvel. It's DC. It's 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 movies. It's TV. It's whatever. But going into the match, I know you guys checked out the match. It was amazing. Let's talk about this match. How do we feel about Danielson versus Garcia? The 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 finale. I, I gotta say that I. I'm so surprised that they're really pushing Garcia as much as they want. I mean, they're making him out to be a killer. I mean, Danielson has, has killed so many people, and he's just been like this monster in there. And then the first person to really kind of just give him his numbers, I mean, is is Garcia. Like, they're really, really putting a lot of stuff into this guy. And, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not saying I don't like him. I just – maybe it's like the, the WWE fan in me. It's like – He's he's kind of got the ringmaster vibe to him, like he needs to find a Stone Cold because I don't like I, he's got all the skills, like he can talk, he can wrestle, you know, he's got you know kind of you know he's not a big guy, but I mean it's not super important anymore, but like there's just something about him that that kind of like still smells like vanilla, and you know, and I just think that they've still got to do that for me, anyways. Um, you know, I like the fact that. They're setting him up now to where after this match, it looks like maybe he's going to break away from the JAS. Um, you know, I think that they're definitely capable of doing it. I mean, they did it with Wheeler Yuta because Wheeler Yuta was like somebody I didn't give two shits about. And yeah. now he's one of my favorite guys out there. And it took basically one, two matches, him with 
Mox and then um, him running, um, winning the ROH uh, Pure Championship. And now I'm a huge Wheeler fan. So I know it can be done, and I know he's got the tools. It's an amazing match, definitely the match of the night. Um, maybe candidate for match of the year. Well, I, I think I, I, they, need, they need to do something to bring back, to boost the rest of the JAS. Because, you know, it's only Jericho. And you, you, the other two guys are like, they, they're barely getting any any screen time at any pops. Like, you know, I we got to show the love here. Daddy Magic, though. I love I love the fact that you know, he kind of he talks like I know, it's sport. great. It's nasty. I love that every single time he does it, like, it's so blatant. <laughs> they make comments about it, but, man, I, I, oh, I love it. I just, I want them to wear that speckled shit, you know, the, with the vest and everything else. Like, I don't care, man. Do it at greatest hits. Go back to the nasty boys. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Garrett, and then I got one more little thing I want to say, I want to drop before we move on. No, I mean, I, I mean, that's pretty much everything I'll say. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it's one of the better one of the better matches, one of the better storylines. Um, I, I mean, I'm always going like, to, we go back to talking about favorite wrestler, I mean, I'm always going to be pro anything Daniel Bryan does. Um, yeah. But yes, Justin, I agree. Wear the speckled shit. Go nasty, yeah. boys. And last right, little bit, right. as someone who never uses a comb, because I, I just have, you know, a, a bike helmet mold of hair, um, <laughs> switchblade combs, fucking coming back. <laughs> so, well, I like that you're evolving your character, Ryan. I appreciate yeah, I love that. It. You know? You're welcome. I love it. <laughs> last thing I want to say about this match before we move on to um, the uh, the trios the trios match, um, the thing that really just tied this whole thing together for me with Garcia and why he's going to be a star. Twenty three year old guy, he gets it. It's not Jericho. It's not you know. Next week we're gonna find out where his loyalty lies. All this BS. You know what? Just you know what really sold me on Garcia was at the end of that match. You know, Danielson puts him in the bell lock and he 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 knocked, he choked him out. He knocked him out, and he's just sitting there glassy eyed. He reached into his mouth like he was trying to pull out a mouthpiece, like a fighter would do after after a fight after getting knocked out, and he's grabbing at Brian Danielson's ankle like. The match isn't over. Like, is it over? Like, he, he didn't know. And I thought like that was would happen really in a good... UFC match. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen those things before. The refs like, hey, 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 it's, I it's done. That was, I thought that was such a stroke of genius in the story because it it, it, it just gives you, it makes it gives Garcia that that opportunity to, to really, really, really get over a little more. Um, so yeah, I mean, hope this. Uh, it's going to be fun to see, you know, what they ha- what happens when uh, Jericho calls him out uh, next Wednesday. Trios match, trios match. The return of the cleaner, Kenny Omega, the god of pro wrestling. Can we talk about Kenny Omega? My goodness. Here's another great still got those, potential. Still got those curls. Long- yeah, he does. He'll always have those curls. But he has another potential long-term storytelling. Um, I know you guys have seen the video that happened after Dynamite because Rob shared it right after I shared it <laughs> in the group. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then and then Evan shared the thing that I shared afterwards. Like you fuckers, are y'all not watching my shit? I've already done this. <laughs> I got so uh, funny. Um, so yeah. So anyways, um, you know, I think I think it's a great opportunity for them to yet again blur the lines, and I think that that's really turning into a staple in AEW storytelling is trying to utilize PWI, Busted Open, all these big media outlets to their advantage um, 
to basically play off of and almost ride the wave, you know, to like, there it writes itself, kid, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, hey, they're already talking about it. Why don't we make this the story? Um, and, you know, with Kenny Omega talking about, like, you know, like, I don't, you know, I'm not what I once was, but I will be better, this and that. Throughout the match, you saw him get a little bit frustrated with himself. Like, yeah. he could sense his own ring rust. Um, he had a couple, you know, points where he, you know, he kind of favored the knee a little bit and stuff like that. And he's been bringing that on there. And again, it, it gets people like us talking, like, is this real? Is this actually happening? Or is this something that they're doing to try and keep us intrigued? And either way, I'm here for it. Um, because like, like I said, it's blurring those lines and the best part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know there's a really good video. Um, it was on YouTube. I mean, I'll post it in the links of kind of the long-term storytelling when Omega was in New Japan and his best friend and tag team partnered their relationship of back and forth against each other and finally putting each other over um, is brilliant. And it makes you question, like, is this for real? Was it not? Um, I'll, I'll dig that up and, and, uh, and post it in the link. You'll love, you'll love it. Did we lose Justin? Did he die? Anybody want to add anything before we, before we go to Thursday? Good. Do it. All right. Thursday. Oh, Justin's gone. Justin Justin's gone. So, uh, so when Justin comes back, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll clue him in on what's going on. Thursday. The big news on Thursday was that uh, NXT UK is going to be taking a hiatus until 2023, and they're going to bring us NXT back. Now, now, in order to kind of get things moving for the next six to nine months, uh, NXT WWE released 20 of their UK superstars. Um, the most notable name of that was Trent Seven, because you know, obviously, with the uh, with with uh, British Strong Style, with 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 uh, Pete Dunne, now Butch, and Tyler Bate, who they spoiled on uh, NXT 2.0 on Tuesday as the new UK NXT United Kingdom champion um, you're going to you're going to have you're going to have a lot of stuff going on with that um, any any thoughts on any thoughts on the NXT UK um, hiatus and what we should expect for Europe uh, these these 20 so odd talents that have been released um, big names big names in the company a lot of former champions a lot of you know up and coming superstars um well, any, they, any they got released due to budget cuts? Well, you know, I think, too, yeah, budget cuts is one thing. But I think, too, that since these since they're going to be rebranding uh, in in uh, 23, I think that they just didn't want to have to pay everybody's salary. I don't really know why they, got, why they got released, but it makes sense to rehire these people later and give them a chance since they're not going to be on TV. Maybe give them a chance to go out and earn some money in some of these, you know, European independents and build their brand. So when the Europe when the Europe brand starts, they've got all these stars, and it's 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 going to help. It's only going to help raise the profile of WWE in Europe, in my opinion. I, you know, isn't, I, isn't WWE also pretty um, pretty known for like after WrestleMania releasing a bunch of wrestlers for a minute so they dodge taxes? And then hire them back. Am I? Am I There's a couple times there? throughout the year that they do that. There's yeah. like specific yeah, times. Probably. 
but that 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 is one of them. The Trent Seven thing actually doesn't surprise me that much because I don't know if you guys realize this. I only found out because uh, I was super into uh, progress for a while and uh, progress wrestling. Not, not I'm hey, progress is good no matter what. Um, but uh, Trent Seven is actually older than you would think. He's like in his early forties. Okay. Oh wow. So I'm wondering if that played part in it. I'm not saying 40s old by any means, but I mean for the sense yeah. of the, you know that style of wrestling and, and, and that promotion. I think if you're in your early 40s, you could be a cut candidate. Yeah, I think. Um, I'm sorry, I got cut off while you had to swap back over to you guys. But um, I think the thing is, is that I think they're taking a book out of AEW's page because AEW has been doing this kind of thing since its inception, basically. Well. You know, since they've started releasing people, they don't really announce releases. They just their contracts expires and they just don't renew them, and they let them go back. And now they've brought people back and forth. And I think that, like you were saying, it just it's going to let them go and do their own thing, and then potentially bring them back. It keeps a somewhat good relationship with the people where they're not being fired. Um, you know, some of the people have had a bitter taste in their mouth with it. I know Joy Janela wasn't super happy with the situation. But, you know, that doesn't mean that he's not going to sign if Tony Khan comes back to him, if he comes out, makes a bigger name for himself. I mean, look what happened with uh, Drew, you know, um, when he, you know, he came back, went out, yeah. came back. I, I think it's good for everything. And I think that AEW has been doing it for a long time. And I think the WWE is doing it now. I just feel like maybe because they make it more public and because it's a publicly traded company, I think maybe people almost perceive it as more of a negative thing. Whereas when AEW does it, it's, it's almost kind of been a positive thing. No one's really, like, dogged them for releasing company, uh, people. Well, I, I think, you know, it, it, it's more of just the uh, sports entertainers, you know, or athletes in general is it's still a business. You know, it, it's still a, a company that, you know, they got to make everything good. And, you know, it's with baseball. Like, pitchers, like, look, dude, you're an asset. You know, as much as everyone loves who you are you are still an asset to this team. And if we need to, you know, let you go or trade you, it's going to happen. Um, and that's all, that's on Tony Khan. That's on Triple H and Stephanie McMahon now. Yeah. So, I mean, I applaud AEW for like, you know, kind of gracefully letting people go and not just, you know, absolving them of their contract. So. I, I think the reason why people see it more negatively with WWE is because everybody knows that they have this unlimited budget to just spend as much money as they possibly Like they didn't want. have to do it. And a, yeah, and AEW might, you know, necessarily, it's like, okay, well, they don't quite as have, you know, they're not a publicly traded company yet. And, you know, even though there's a lot of money, hey, there's Tink. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, you know, even though they're not a publicly traded company yet, and, you know, they don't, you know they've obviously got a huge budget. But um, they still don't quite have the buying power that WWE does. And so I think maybe that's why people's like, oh, well, obviously you're bringing in Punk, you're bringing in Danielson, you're bringing in, you know, all these big names. Um, you know, something's got to give. And it's typically the, you know, the lower hanging fruit. And I think you get, and I think, and I think giving these guys, these, these NXT UK guys some time to earn some money until the end of the year. I mean, take these guys to give these guys a chance to go to progress. Give these guys a chance to go to WXW in Germany. Give these guys a chance to just you know stay sharp in the ring because you know you know make some money, stay sharp in the ring because if, if they're not taping TV for for six months, well shit, you might as well just give these guys a chance to do something. I mean, it's the same thing with Ring of Honor. I mean, Ring of Honor took that hiatus for a little while, and where they all go, they went to AEW, they went to Impact. 
And, you know, some of them went to Indy, some of them went to MLW, some of them went, you know, they all just kind of went in places just to kind of keep their skills sharp and make a little money because this, at the end of the day, is their job. I mean, it's not like they're, you know, they're not, they're not, you know, flipping pizzas at, at Papa John's, but on the weekends they're going to, you know, going to wrestling shows. Some of those, some of those low-level talents are, but not these guys that have already been on TV. So, do you I think, flip I pizzas? Great. No, I'm do, not very good at it. I don't flip. I don't. Are you I flipping? used to. I used to work for Bella Mushroom here in Atlanta. I I flipped a pizza one time and I ruined it because all the pepperoni and shit fell off. Oh, that's the worst. I don't, Got to fold the dude, make it a calzone. There you go. <laughs> yeah, calzone. Like, oh, happy I'm little take, accident. I'm gonna, take, Bob I'm Ross gonna there. take the kid to get a calzone for dinner tonight. You want a calzone for dinner? Nah. Nice. So last, last bit of uh, <laughs> moving on, moving on, from, moving on from Thursday. We got Friday. The big news, uh, big news on Friday, and this one's more for me and Garrett than you guys. Um, Kazuchika Okada is your 2022 G1 Climax Tournament Champion. Uh, this is a tournament that uh, I think this is the 26th or 27th G1 they've done. Uh, something significant about it is that uh, Kazuchika Okada, who was a 700-plus day champion, IWGP uh, champion for New Japan, uh, this is his second year in a row winning this match, winning this tournament. It's a single elimination. It's not. It's a points tournament. Um, and he defeated uh, probably one of the hottest um, gaijin uh, wrestlers in the world right now, uh, Will Ospreay who uh, during the pandemic was a junior heavyweight, and since he had to stay home and no one was working, he uh, he gained he got some weights and, and he's went a up thick to heavyweight. Boy and he has, thick he's a thick boy. boy now, and he is a man. He is a force to be reckoned with. So I'm gonna live. I'm gonna let this over to Garrett as, as he and I are kind of the, the Japan marks. Um, Garrett, a lot of people are pissed off that Okada won this tournament again, saying that Osprey should have won. And that the Roman Reigns of New Japan is just being crammed down everybody's throats. But I've got an interesting take on this. But I want to hear yours first. I mean, this, I think this has been the thing with Okada for for I mean, not just recent memory, but I mean, distant memory. I mean, he's been their top guy forever, and and it, it's it shows that he's the top guy because before he was the Roman Reigns of New Japan, he was the John Cena of New Japan. He was, you know, the, he, he's always been the top dog but he's consistently been there he hasn't left he hasn't taken time away um you wouldn't have you wouldn't have you wouldn't have thought hiroshi tanahashi would have been the john cena of new japan that's just because he's pretty i'm more so meant you know that he's <laughs> does he have a jaw he's a, oh man he's oh gorgeous God, he's got this blonde he hair he's, just, uh, he's adorable um he's an anime no, character he is oh, really? without, without that, a I'm shadow of a doubt Okay, yeah. so. Well, anime is not a race, <laughs> race test, so no. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but that no, was uh, racist, so I, I, I hate Will Ospreay. I, I don't, I don't actually like hate him um, as a person. Uh, he's just that much of a little shithead um, that he's just Such he made me hate him. So I was, I was glad to see Okada win it. Um, Osprey, I will give him his his due. Give him his flowers. They say. Uh, I mean, he they put on. An unreal match, but uh, well, when uh, Osprey and Orange Cassidy had that banger uh, at a uh, the Forbidden Door, that was a great fucking match. Oh yeah, they they, they tore the house yeah. down with that one, and I mean that that's the thing, and it, it, not 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 in any. I mean Orange Cassidy is phenomenal, um, but that's just uh, Osprey can get a match out of anybody, and and I really liked what he did. He did a callback to an old New Japan match um, where. He used multiple people's finishers that had left New Japan. Yes. So it was right after AJ Styles left, and I want to say it was 
Rob, was it Kenny Omega that did it, or was it? Uh, Kenny, Kenny did the uh, Kenny did the uh, Styles Clash. He did the Styles against, Clash, yeah. Uh, but then he also he did he did a handful of other people's finishers that have gone. So yeah, in really yeah. you know to go throw that back, that's what Osprey did. He did uh, the One Winged Angel. He did uh, nice. Uh, yeah. Did a Shining Wizard. Did uh, what was the other one that he did? V Trigger. Was the V Trigger? Yeah, I mean, he did no. V, yeah, he he did a V Trigger. That's why I didn't mean to say yeah, Shining he Wizard. He has his own version of the V Trigger. He did a. Um, Oh God! Uh, the the gold the golden moon salt uh, Kota Ibushi's uh, golden moon yeah, star uh, that's the, it. the golden moon salt yeah off the uh, off they were outside of the ring and he did the uh, he climbed up the uh, the turnbuckle and went um, but anyway yeah more more um, if, if the fact that you hate Will Ospreay as talented as he is just tells you he's doing his job. Yep. Oh, exactly. Without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, I, like I said, I, I don't. I don't actually hate him. I just, I, like, I come out. I see him come out there, and I just hope he just gets the shit beat out of him. But <laughs> typically, he's the one beating the shit out of someone. Uh, butts and seats, people. Butts and seats. Especially since he's uh he's butts gained that seats. muscle and that weight. I got to see him. Uh, the last WrestleMania that I went to, um, was pre-pandemic. Obviously, it was a. I'm pretty sure that was in New Orleans. Um, yeah. And uh, that's right around the time when he had started to bulk a little bit. And seeing him in person, I was like, oh, God. I saw him a couple years prior in person uh, when we were in uh, Dallas for WrestleMania. And, I mean, he was, uh, he was a tiny boy. He was a tiny boy doing little flippity flops. And now he's uh, now he's yoked. He's a full-grown nice. man. He's watching eating him, some steak. Watching him in, watching him in Ricochet or uh, um, what did we call Ricochet before he was Ricochet? Uh, not, not Prince Puma, the other one. Well, he's what was Ricochet? Uh, it was King Ricochet. What was Ricochet before he was Ricochet? Uh, he was on Ricochet on the on the Indies too. Prince Puma on Lucha Underground, obviously. He was, but, oh, uh, okay, so it's King up. Ricochet. King Ricochet, yeah. King Ricochet. Yeah, they're fine. We'll get we got we'll get Justin back in just a second. But um, so my my take on this is with with this match is that looking ahead to Wrestle Kingdom, which I think this will be either fifteen or sixteen, um, in January, the big January fourth show. Um, Jay White is the New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling, the IWGP International Heavyweight Champion. To take that match and to take all of this Bullet Club stuff, bring it back full circle, you know, there's a chance that Okada could finally defeat Jay White because he's not defeated Jay White. Um, so give him, give him that maybe. But, you know, we got to remember, too, that now they have a briefcase in a contract that says January 4th, 2023 on it. And he has to defend those rights to have that contract. So he doesn't get, they don't sign that contract till January 3rd. So he's got to defend that contract at least three or four times. Dominion, Dontaku, all uh, the, 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 the uh, Ryo Goku, Koguku Khan match, uh, um, the, the show, uh, Cork and Hall, They've got all these shows that they've got to do, and he's got that Nokata has to defend that the rights to to challenge. So it'll be interesting to see if you know Will Ospreay gets another shot at it, or you know who, who knows what's going to happen there. But um, yeah, your final thoughts on this, and we'll go to Friday, or we'll go to the end of Friday. Well, just to break in real quick, um, Cameron Locke is that the name you're talking about for Ricochet? This Trevor Mann was his name, but he went by Trevor Cameron Mann's Locke, name. Helios. Uh, Prince Puma and Ricochet. Anyway, he was King Ricochet. Helios. King Ricochet is what he was. Helios. Helios. That's what, Helios. Yeah. Helios. That's what he was. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for yeah. that information. Uh, we got two. We got two little more things to talk about. Um, SmackDown. SmackDown. It was a uh, dude. The, the 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 promo 
with uh, Drew McIntyre and uh, Caden Cross was great. Like the Chosen One, I thought it was yeah. awesome. Uh, that was awesome. So the little the little vignettes that Cross has been putting out mm-hmm. on his social media have been just stellar. Super. Like just that look on his face when he saw the ambulance come across. Did you guys see that when he's smoking a cigar and there's an ambulance, it's across the street and he's just like laughing and like you're just like, What's going on? Like, is that ambulance there because of something he did? Like what I mean, he just seems he just feels evil. Just evil. I love it. I mean, you get it's it. come on, like faces. You, you, you got to be an epic face to really get a good pop. But you got to be. You, you, you need. You just need to be a pretty good heel or an evil asshole, and everyone will yeah. hate you, and everyone will tune in to see you get your ass kicked. Everybody wants to be a heel. Yeah, it's hard to be a face. There, there, there's Everybody. so much more creativity in heels too. Um, yeah. yeah. Because you can do what you want. Like, oops, that didn't work. Let me try some other way to yeah. kick your ass. Like, and, yeah. most, and most of your heels, and most of your heels are calling the match in the ring too. They typically, they typically control the match tempo um, in most cases. Hmm. So uh, I admittedly for, did not get a chance ahead, to Justin. watch SmackDown. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch SmackDown last night. I actually had to go into work, so I'll have to let you guys take the lead on this. I was going to check it. Uh, and uh, Rampage out this evening. My biggest thing from SmackDown is the seeds they're planting with Sami Zayn. To me, this yes, is the most Sami important Zayn thing is... they're doing. If, if, if your main plot line is Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Karrion Cross, your subplot right now, your second most important story is Sami Zayn because he finally got in to talk to Roman He's sitting there, Roman's kind of like leading him down the primrose path and giving him false hope. But, you know, he says, you know, hey, Kevin, you, know, you still talk to Kevin Owens? Yeah, man, well, tell him I don't owe him anything. Screw that guy. Da, 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 da. But what I love, and I'm going back to what Justin was saying about the tag, t- about tag teams right now and having Johnny Gargano and, um, and Ciampa defeating the Usos for the tag team championships, maybe they beat them for the Raw tag team championships and then when the draft happens, you get Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to take SmackDown championships off of the Usos. Because for me, just 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 this the long-term storytelling of them being friends forever and putting Kevin Owens' name in Sami Zayn's mouth on on Friday. Just and, and I know and, and based on the way Triple H loves tag teams and, he, and, and the way he he thinks, I just feel like they're just planting seeds right now for these great matches that we've been dying for. I mean, who would not love seeing Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, who are best friends in real life, take on the Usos for SmackDown Championships, who are brothers in real life? It's, right. just, it, 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 it's beautiful writing. It's beautiful storytelling. It's the stuff that we love about wrestling. Guys, well, take it away. That and the the, the, the crowd chanting of Sami Zayn when he walked out on that, that podium, like, oh my gosh, like, it, 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 I, I, as a person, how could you not love it? Like just the seventy thousand people. Forget it. Yeah, forget it's his hometown for five minutes. It's the fact that he's getting the the, the fans want yep. him so damn bad to do something great, and here's his chance. Also, he looks like you know Fidel Castro. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Garrett, yeah. what do you got for me? I love the idea of um, of 
of Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens and, you know, Ciampa and Gargano. I think those are two. I mean, they were both really cemented. Um, just some of the, probably the two of the best storylines from the Golden Black brand from back in the day. Um, and I think, you know, bringing them both in and getting them to do a tag will kind of silence all the, you know, WWE doesn't do tag team haters, you know, um, which I, and, and that was a Vince thing. And I think, you know, hopefully Triple H doesn't have that same kind of mentality because I think they've got so much opportunity to make the product more diverse and not just be so like droning, you know, because you got three hours and, and to have some really, really good tag matches thrown in there as opposed to just like an afterthought, um, I think is, is super important. And then also just the fact of trying to create a storyline that isn't based around a damn title. Like, you don't have to have just the title in there. You can have these awesome, awesome storylines that don't necessarily revolve around the IC or the Universal or something like that, you know? And so not every single match when you get to a pay-per-view, you can... I mean, if look, if you put... You know, Champa and Gargano in a program together, you don't need a belt. You put Owens and Zane in a program together, they don't need a belt. You know, like you don't, I mean, there's all these people that if you put them just together and give them something, give them some airtime, they're going to make gold. And, um, and I think, I, I know Triple H knows that because he's backed these guys. I mean, Kevin, Kevin Owens has gone on record of saying, like, I'm here because of Triple H. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited for it. It's, and if we can switch gears, just just if we can switch gears here and pivot, um, as they say in the biz, pivot, um, pivot, taking, taking a story, taking a story without a title involved. Let's talk about the uh, the the uh, the uh, Bulgarian brute, the Bulgarian wrestling god himself, Mr. Mir. I see Ryan smiling. Ryan, this is yeah. this is this is right up your alley, brother. House Dude. of Black. One dude versus an entire pack of people. Can you? I mean, look, look, like it's you love it. It's Sting versus NWO, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's Miro. Like so, like I I play Dungeons and Dragons, and it's like Miro is just this high level paladin who's just fucking unstoppable, going against like hell itself. Like it's a great story of like I'm this holy warrior going against the entire House of Black, the entire House of Black. I think it's great, yeah. and it once it's got yeah, a pack comes back around. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, which uh, going back a little bit, I think Pack is actually supposed to be fighting Osprey here um, pretty soon for that uh, AEW uh, was it the European title the, or the, the All Atlantic title? All Atlantic title. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, Miro, I've always loved. I loved Rusev Day. I loved, you know, stuff with him and Lana in the back, which, I mean, obviously, like, we're talking about Lana is potentially going to debut and come into AEW, which I think will just make things even better. I don't know exactly where she fits into the storyline, um, with the exception of maybe, favorite. you know, except exception of maybe, like, the Temptress from the House of Black being you know, trying to sway him and, and her and his is the only woman that can touch him, you know, coming in to kind of protect him from that. But um Well I yeah, mean Lana, I mean Miro has talked about like his he's like I'm love loyalty to two things, God and my wife, like you know maybe yeah. she comes in as that like this is my wife and then she gets 
tempted away, kind of like what you're saying. God, That'd I be hope cool. not, because we're... Yeah, don't bring in Bobby Lashley, whatever you do. Oh, my God. <laughs> the One of the most angle. awkward... <laughs> the most fucking awkward story bits. Like, like, oh, yeah, we want you guys to kiss. And you're like, really? Like, just... Yeah. Yeah, like, cringeworthy awkward. That had Vince McMahon Vince was letting his very weird, like, cuck fetish come into... Uh, That's what I'm saying. Oh, like, Lord. the cuck angle is... is uh, it was, Very awkward. It was a first. It was cutting yeah. edge. Hopefully the last. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Mirror the Paladin so, versus versus, you know, the the demons. I think it's great. I want to see more of it. I want to see him I want to see Miro like channel God to like you know, how the WWD used to do like the lightning bolt with the Undertaker or whatever. Like let's see some crazy shit like that. <laughs> let's go. Can AEW do that? Can AEW they do haven't that? done it like, yet. I, I, they haven't done it yet. What Why I'm saying not? is that, like, I don't know if they're there, like, with the over-the-topness. I feel like, you know, they've, they've tried to do... They are pretty serious. A, a little bit yeah. with, you know, you know, you've got Sting, but, I mean, I don't know. They, they, they're very realistic, and I kind of like that about them. I almost feel like if you bring in a character like that, it would almost be confusing. Um, I mean, and they, almost they, feel like it was out of place. They've kind of done that with the Malachi Black stuff, though, and like the lights cutting off and them showing up in a different spot, and like that. I mean, they're they're, they're yeah. treading. But that's that more line. like a cult. That's more like a cult, you know, or occult, not like a cult, but like that's more like the occult. And like I, you know, that happens in real life. That's real, you know. That's that's Manson family. That's like you know people that have created these weird, you know, satanic ritualistic things. Like he he's pulling all that from like paganism and Wiccan and. And all these things that are that are actually rooted in reality that may be a little bit dark and crazy, but they're still rooted in reality. You know, they're not sending light bulbs, you know, lightning bolts down, and he's not saying he's, you know, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you're right; it is it is the closest thing that they have to it. But for some reason, and I think it's just because Malachi Black is so enamored by that, and he's so obsessed with that character, and he has so much attention to detail, it still feels like it's possible. You know what I mean? It doesn't Good. feel like it's. It, it still feels like it's um, reality television and not like science fiction so much. You know, with the only the most thing that they've done is just kind of the unexplained mist in the eyes and and what is that? But it's still very much so like a um, like a, what's what's that director? Uh, he did a uh, Lost. J.J. Um, Abrams. You know, it's like mm -hmm. the, it's it's the off the screen terror that kind of kills you, not what you actually see, because it's like there's like there's something going on here that we don't know what it is. They're not saying it's supernatural, but it feels like it's supernatural. But they're not saying it is, so it kind of keeps in reality. So I mean, I don't I don't know, but I love the Miro stuff. I I've got a question: is it is it blasphemous? It's kind of almost, you know, he's this redeemer and he's talking to God, but the way he does it. It almost feels blasphemous. I don't know, because, I mean, I don't know. I mean, because if he feels he's a conduit of God, I mean, there's no one that can say that you're not other than yourself. I, I mean, you guys tell me, like, it's, that's kind I mean, of like a whole other jar of worms right here. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a whole, no it's. I think the shtick or the gimmick itself is definitely, you know, blasphemous, especially if he's doing it tongue in cheek. I don't know if Miro is actually like a Christian or if he believes in God. I don't know that whole thing either. And I guess, it, I mean, it doesn't really matter. 
but it is curious because it, you know I've seen it several times and it's like I'm going back and forth. It's like is his gimmick is like is he a man of God or does he truly think he is God? Like no, I don't think he is. I don't think he thinks he's God. I think he's just. I think he's like a God's pupil, like you know, Cho- a chosen one, like a like Christ. One. Yeah, I mean, like like yeah. more like Jesus, like that's you know. He's 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 the re- he's the redeemer, man. He's the redeemer. He's gonna he's gonna redeem all of the uh, the, the 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 shit shittery in in, in AEW. Uh, it's, a, gonna, it's a fair point. I don't know. I don't know. I guess. I guess. I guess we'll find out. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm intrigued with this storyline and, and, and the way in the way that CJ Perry, his his real life wife, kind of fits into all this. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's 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 neat. I mean, it's it's it's, it's fun. It's fun. I mean, I, I I think it could be on the level of like how people think they're prophets. Um, you know, like oh no, no no I'm just I'm just the conduit. You know I'm not Jesus, but I'm you know I'm one of his disciples type of things. Could be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jesus, um, but, uh, like, if you just go back through religion, yeah, if Jesus, if you go into it, that's ba- he's basically what Miro is saying. It's like he is a form of Jesus. Like he is the direct line to Jesus to the world, and he is the well, redeemer. He's going to come back and, and save us, so to speak, like Jesus dying on the cross. Jesus has been right. working out, if that's the case. Right? Yeah. <laughs> having Jesus a lot of protein. He's <laughs> on the Jesus juice. Well, he's been carrying that cross around. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, okay. <laughs> he's he's doing he's doing CrossFit, Ryan. So yeah. I think. Um, okay. I think, okay. <laughs> was that wait? Was that blasphemous? I don't know. Whatever. That that so, was a um, good pun. That's what it was. Good God. <laughs> but, that was um, great. But yeah, no. Whatever it is, I think it's good. I think the only reason I haven't been super into it thus far is because they just haven't given him any time it feels like Miro hasn't had the time to like really dig into something it's been like stop and go stop and go since he got there which is a shame because he is a freaking he's a he's a talent like no other he's yeah. literally he really does have it all um so yeah. i just i just pray that they give him the time that they need and i'm i'm sure whatever the heck he does it's going to be good just that freaking that one little scene where he kicked Freaking, uh, was it Murphy? Was that yeah? Who was it? Yeah, but, um, where he kicked Murphy. That one kick was like, oh my god, that was just, just that little snippet, that little gift, and then him grabbing him, and you know, you know, saying, you know, you know, bring me the, was it, was it, bring me the, show me where the pagan is or something like that. What did he say? I think so. Me? Yeah, yeah, but like, I mean, just, just that little bit right there, like, just, it's, yeah, I'm here for it. Fantastic, I love it. Well, boys. Hell of a hell of a show. Yeah, Garrett, really thank good you show. Joining us, man. Thank you, guys Garrett. Very much. Garrett, please, please have, please have the final word. You, you, thank you for being, thank you for being here today. Give us the final word. What do you, what do you got? What's, what you got left? Uh, no, uh, no, I appreciate y'all bringing me on, and uh, it was fun. It was fun diving into memory lane with some of the stuff, and uh, um, honestly, that because I, I, I've been super distant from WWE for some time just because it's, I mean, I'll watch WrestleMania every year and I'll probably watch SummerSlam, but uh, the, talking about some of the things, you know, made me more interested to maybe go back and watch it, so good job on your part for that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it I think it sounds more interesting and I, I definitely, I was already, you know, interested in trying to watch again just because of the, the change in the regime, but, uh, but no, it sounds like it's going to be uh, very promising. Cool. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan right now. It's a very, very good time 100%. to be a wrestling fan. I mean, I wouldn't say it's quite Attitude Era, but, I mean, I think I think we're approaching it. It's definitely – I'm more interested in it 
for the first time, or more so now than I ever have been since I got back into it in 2015 when we started yeah. the, the the little group that got us, you know, here. So it's it's what you know, it was Garrett. It was you and me, and then quickly afterwards, we saw Rob at a Ring of Honor show and added him on, and then you know, and that was that was seven years ago. So I really miss I really miss the days of working for Ring of Honor. What 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 a delight it was to be able to work with them. Cannot thank Kerry Silken enough and Gary Jester and, and, and you know Bobby Cruz and all those guys for the opportunities. Well, Rob, um, let's talk about that know, next time. Let's, let's get a little bit of yeah. what you did for Ring of Honor next time. Be a little fun. We need all to right, do guys. that, and we also, need to get, um, we also need to get the independent promotions on here. We're going to get the Southern Fried Championship. We're going to get yeah. Southern Honor. We're going to talk about yeah. that because I would love to get Nathan and Dylan and some of the guys from Southern Fried on here and talk about that because – I think we agree that our mission statement for this program or this special podcast, radio show, whatever you want to call it, this project is, is just to try and just help wrestling out in general, local wrestling. Elevate it. So, yeah. Elevate it all around. Gentlemen, it's Boys, been real. Thank you. thank you for your time. Garrett, thank you for stopping by today. We hope to have you on again soon. You, were, you were the best. Uh, Ryan, for Ryan, for Justin, I'm Coach Rob. Ryan. You guys. <laughs> okay, we have stopped recording. Okay.